Chapter 20 of Tom Swift and His Motorcycle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. Tom Swift and His Motorcycle by Victor Appleton. Eradicate Saws Wood. The farmer's family, including the son who was a deputy sheriff, was glad to see Tom. Jed said that he had been on the job ever since the mysterious robbery of Tom had taken place, but though he had seen many red automobiles, he had no trace of the three men. From Dunkirk, Tom went back over the route he had taken in going from Pompville to Centerford, and made some inquiries in the neighborhood of the church shed where he had taken shelter. The locality was sparsely settled, however, and no one could give any clues to the robbers. The young inventor next made a trip over the lonely, sandy road where he had met with the tramp, Happy Harry. There were even fewer houses near that stretch than around the church, so he got no satisfaction there. Tom spent the night at a country inn and resumed his search the next morning, but with no results. The men had apparently completely disappeared, leaving no traces behind them. I may as well go home, thought Tom as he was riding his motorcycle along a pleasant country road. Dad may be worried, and perhaps something has turned up in Shopton that will aid me. If there isn't, I'm going to start out again in a few days in another direction. There was no news in Shopton, however. Tom found his father scarcely able to work, so worried was he over the loss of his most important invention. Two weeks passed, the young machinist taking trips of several days' duration to different points near his home, in hopes of discovering something. But he was unsuccessful, and in the meanwhile no reassuring word was received from the lawyers in Washington. Mr. Crawford wrote that no move had yet been made by the thieves to take out patent papers, and while this, in a sense, was some aid to Mr. Swift, still he could not proceed on his own account to protect his new motor. All that could be done was to await the first movement on the part of the scoundrels. "'I think I'll try a new plan tomorrow, Dad,' announced Tom one night, when he and his father had talked over again, for perhaps the twentieth time, the happenings of the last few weeks. "'What is it, Tom?' asked the inventor. "'Well, I think I'll take a week's trip on my machine. I'll visit all the small towns round here, but instead of asking in houses for news of the trampers' confederates, I'll go to the police and constables.' I'll ask if they have arrested any tramps recently, and if they have, I'll ask them to let me see the hobo prisoners. What good will that do? I'll tell you. I have an idea that, though the burglar who got in here may not be a regular tramp, yet he disguises himself like one at times, and may be known to other tramps. If I can get on the trail of Happy Harry, as he calls himself, I may locate the other men. Tramps would be very likely to remember such a peculiar chap as Happy Harry, and they will tell me when they had last seen him. Then I will have a starting point. Well, that may be a good plan, assented Mr. Swift. At any rate, it will do no harm to try. A tramp locked up in a country police station will very likely be willing to talk. Go ahead with that scheme, Tom, but don't get into any danger. How long will you be away? I don't know, a week perhaps, maybe longer. 
I'll take plenty of money with me and stop at country hotels overnight. Tom lost no time in putting his plan into execution. He packed some clothes in a grip, which he attached to the rear of his motorcycle, and then, having said goodbye to his father, started off. The first three days he met with no success. He located several tramps and country lockups where they had been sent for begging or loitering, but none of them knew Happy Harry or had ever heard of a tramp answering his description. "'You ain't no one of us you's can make your mind up to that,' said one hobo whom Tom interviewed. "'No real night of the highway goes around in the disguise. We leave that for the storybook detectives. I'm the real article I am, and I don't know Happy Harry. But for that matter, any of us is happy enough in the summertime.' if we don't strike a bug like this where they jugs you for panhandling. In general, Tom found the trap willing enough to answer his questions, though some were sullen and returned only surly growls to his inquiries. I guess I'll have to give it up and go back home, he decided one night. But there was a small town not many miles from Shopton, which he had not yet visited, and he resolved to try there before returning. Accordingly, the next morning found him inquiring of the police authorities in Meaton. But no tramps had been arrested in the last month, and no one had seen anything of a tramp like Happy Harry or three mysterious men in an automobile. Tom was beginning to despair. Riding along a silent road that passed through a strip of woods, he was trying to think of some new line of procedure, when the silence of the highway that hitherto had resounded only with the muffled explosions of his machine, was broken by several exclamations. "'Now, Boomerang, you might just as well start now as later,' Tom heard a voice saying, a voice he recognized well. "'You have got to do this work, and there ain't no getting out of it. This here wood am got to be started, and you have got to sow it. But I am just like you to go back on your friend Eradicate in this here fashion. I never could tell what you were going to do next, and I can't now. Clong, now won't you? Let's get this here sawmill started. Tom shut off the power and leaped from his wheel. From the woods in his left came the protesting hee-haw of a mule. Boomerang and Eradicate Samson, exclaimed the young inventor. What can they be doing here? He leaned his motorcycle against the fence and advanced toward where he had heard the voice of the colored man. In a little clearing he saw him. Eradicate was presiding over a portable sawmill, worked by a treadmill, on the incline of which was the mule, his ears laid back, and an unmistakable expression of anger on his face. Why, Rad, what are you doing? cried Tom. Good land o' messy, if it ain't young Mr. Swift cried the darky. Howdy, Mrs. Swift, howdy. I'm just trying to saw some wood in to make a living, but Boomerang, he don't seem to want to live. And with that, Eradicate looked reproachfully at the animal. What seems to be the trouble, and how do you come to own a sawmill? asked Tom. I tell you, Mrs. Swift, I tell you, spoke Eradicate. Sit right down here and dislog it. I'll explanation that to you. The last time I saw you, you were preparing to go into the grass-cutting business, went on Tom. Yes, sir, that's right, so I was. You's got a memory, you sure has. But it am this way. 
Grass ain't to grow quick enough, and so I traded off that to lawnmower and brought this here sawmill. But now it won't go, and I show sure am in trouble. And once more, Eradicate Simpson looked indignantly at Boomerang. End of chapter 20